This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. He is Jeff Phelps. I'm Andy Baskin. Phone number to call in is 216-474-0092. I believe we're going to talk to Brian Anderson here shortly. He's a super friend of the show. And uh, I got to tell you, last week I was really, really concerned about him. Um, he was walking into the game between the Chiefs and the Ravens, and I think he lost all sense of where he's at and, and what's going on. Is he on the line? I'm just curious. Okay, thanks. All right, uh, I'm assuming he's here. Brian Anderson is on the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. Hey, B.A., how are you? Brian. Uh, you, you know what? I'm, I'm doing fantastic. I mean, it's another weekend. Um, you know, the only, the only downside is just there's no football. And I, and I hate when we start to run out of football. Amen, brother. Amen. Okay, let's talk about the epiphany you had before the game last week, though. I just want to make sure, because there were people that were, I'm just telling you, your faithful fans here in Northeast Ohio, those people that used to pack the ballpark to scream, B-A, B-A. I never heard it, but if I'm sure they were thinking that in their mind. B-A, B-A. <laughs> and they were screaming for you. They had lost hope and faith for you, the thought of you cheering wow. for the Ravens and the Ratbirds, man. It was not good. Well, no, so he, here's the deal, and I know that uh, you know that I put myself out there and said, "Look, I'm, I'm cheaped out," and for the first time, probably in my life, I'm, I'm leaning towards rooting for the Ravens, and that's how it went all week. And, and it's so funny. Um, well, actually, that's how I started out the text, and I'll just read this. This is at 3:06 p.m. What in our little um, just a glimpse into our little little text, you know, the, the threesome that we have here, 3:06 uh, p.m. I text the group, so funny, once the game kicks off, long pause, I realize that I could never, all caps, root for those rat bastards. And that was the end of it. That's so proud of you. So proud of you. I went into the game still leaning purple. And, and literally, the game kicked off, and all of a sudden, you know, they gave the ball to Lamar, which I thought was a great choice because Kansas City won the toss. And they know, and everybody knows, the pressure that, that uh, Lamar has been under, he's put himself under. Hey, I got to win one. So, okay, you want to win one, you get the ball first. You don't get to watch your defense come out on the field, maybe settle into the game, and then you come out. We're going to give you the ball first. Here you go. And that first play, I, I, I mean, I literally was like, no, no it's just stuff a push about. It was instant. It was instant hatred for that team. And that's when I sent that text off to you guys. So, had a good day. All right. I'm proud of you, man. I thought we lost yeah. you there, but we were able to bring you back in. I was worried. You feel better about yourself, yeah. don't you? It was, it was last second. It was last second, but I'm telling you, it was literally 
as they got the ball and lined up, I'm like, no, 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 not ever. Not, I don't care if the Chiefs, if this is their 15th straight year there. I, I, you can't, you can't. And so there you go. Do you feel better about yourself? A hundred percent. Yes. In fact, it was so funny. I, after I sent that text off, I just, I felt cleansed. I'm like, I, I feel like I just taken a shower and now I can settle in and enjoy the game. That's awesome. Uh, what did you think of the game? Uh, you know what? Was, was shocked just how skittish the Ravens looked. You know, for being the team that really, you, know, you could make a really good argument that going into that ball game, they were the best team. You know, they had some hiccups along the way. Every team does. But they were the best team in the AFC all around. And they didn't – and they were playing at home. They finally got that home game. They finally got Mahomes on the road for a, a conference championship game. And they – it looked like the I – I mean, I don't want to go so far as to say the moment looked too big, but they looked – skittish their, their defense eventually settled in but Lamar and that offense could just never get untracked and I thought it was really interesting that I read somewhere and I don't know if this was for the for the game uh, but but there was a stats somewhere for a significant chunk of time where the Ravens only had five cold runs to their running backs and, you know a team that ran the ball better than anybody in football, better than anybody in the AFC, and they didn't run against yep. Kansas City. Now, you know, six Lamar for the game, BA. Off. Six for the game okay, to the running backs. Six to the running backs for the game. And by the way, this game wasn't 45 to 7 Chiefs where you have to throw every down. It was relatively close the majority of the game, and they just abandoned the run. I mean, Kansas City, you could see they were playing so aggressively right there at the line of scrimmage, daring Lamar to have to make passes. Um, and they just, they took the bait. It looks like they took the bait and the stats tell you that because six called runs to their running backs for the game in a 17 to 10 game is astounding. Astounding. Um, since you're in Tampa, I want to ask you this question about a former Browns quarterback, Baker Mayfield. Um, I thought it was interesting. The headline over the last, I don't know, last day or two that Baker is going to wait for the Bucks to hire an offensive coordinator before he starts to nego- uh, negotiate a new contract. Well, what's the feeling on Baker in Tampa right now, and what do you think of that uh, maneuver? Well, I mean, it's a, it's certainly a leverage play, mm-hmm. no question about it. Um, and you know what? He's, he's earned some of that leverage back. The people down here that I've talked to, sports fans, they love him. They love his moxie, his toughness, and you, you combine that with the fact that he put up career-high numbers in just about every category – there, there's a lot to like, and, and, and people have really grown to love the kind of player that, that Baker is. Yes, he had a, a tremendous season, but they just love his toughness. Uh, they love the fact that his teammates love him, all, all the above. So uh, Tampa is very, very high on him, but, you know, he's exercising a little bit of, of leverage. Now, here's the thing. If they, if they hire an OC that, that he doesn't like, well, okay, how many teams need a starting quarterback, and do you like that OC? Is that one of your guys? You know, I mean, it's not like you can go wherever you want. There's a lot of teams that are settled at quarterback. So, you know, it's interesting, and it'll see how it plays out. But, you know, I, I think that, uh, that both sides, I think Baker would love to stay here. Uh, obviously, the price is going to have to be right. And I think Tampa would love to have him, uh, but they don't want to have to break the bank. So let's see if they can find some, you know, some, uh, 
solid ground here, some even footing. Brian, tell me if, if this is the feeling down there or not. I, I look at that whole situation and I think, Baker, don't overplay this hand. You, you've got three kings in your hand, but you're going up against somebody who's got a straight, and, and you're going right. to lose. I, I would think Tampa <laughs> is the perfect place for him to stay regardless of who the offensive coordinator is. Because what what if he says, you know what, I'm not I'm not interested. You just said it, BA. Look around the league. How many teams really think that they they're gonna upgrade a quarterback significantly if they bring in Baker? I would think not a ton. And so right. I, if if I'm him, man, I'm being real careful here and Tampa is the place I wanna be. Yeah, I, I don't think there's any question about that. He was reborn down here, the town loves him. Um, you know, I, Todd Bowles, the, the, the staff. I mean, people rave about him down here. They, they really are happy. And, and it's funny because going into the season, that was not the case. That was not the case. Most of my friends down here who are big football guys were like, Baker, really? I said, guys, I'm going to tell you something right now. If he's healthy, he's going to have a lot better of a year than you think. I promise you. And it was funny to watch them flip as the year went along. And they got to know him a little bit. They got to see he was putting up results. It wasn't always pretty, but he was always answering the bell. You know, he's a tough guy. He's a good teammate. All of those things that he won over, he really won over the city, at least as far as the, the friends that I have that are fans. And so this is the perfect spot for him, and you're right. Do not overplay it and, uh, and end up in a really, you know, much worse situation having to go through, you know, a, a whole new system again. I mean, this, this one might be new, but they also might, you know, get a guy that that's it's going to be similar. I mean, who knows? I'm sure that's what he's he's hoping for. But this this should be his home for the foreseeable future. They've got the uh, you know they are up against it a little bit with the cap. They're going to have to make some tough decisions with some veteran players, but they want to make it work with him. And hopefully, he feels the same way. Brian, I know I should stick to sports, but I'm just curious because you talked about it last time. That the, that Gasparilla thing in Tampa. Yeah, is that yeah. the play? Now, this is when Tom Brady was it a boat parade they had after the Super Bowl. That they won down there, and that's why they had it, or was that a part of Gasparilla? No, that was just a boat parade. That, that was a, that's what you do. Okay, yeah, when you win championships in Tampa, that would be the, the Buccaneers that one year and the Tampa Bay Lightning uh, a few times. Yes, they get a they get a boat parade, and it's a blast. And, I, and I've not been down to it. I've seen the video. I've I've heard people that have that have gone down. So yeah, that had nothing to do with with Gasparilla, but. Um, I think that everybody was feeling much the same after both events. Okay, so you were kicking around the thought that you were going to – this is like a big pirate flag parade. Uh, Did you end up going or no? No, no, no. Oh, man, I thought you were going. No, I I did not go down. Really, the only way that you can do it, I I mean, honestly, is if, you know, you've got a a buddy or or a friend, somebody somebody on Bayshore Boulevard that has one of the big homes and they have parties. That would be a good – but – it's it's the travel down and then getting back out of there that's the tough part so really the only way to do it is to have a venue to be able to go to and get yourself a hotel room months ahead of time downtown wow. months? so that you can just stay well wow. i mean gasparilla people look to that date they look to that date and they buy up the rooms like crazy could because- we pull that off in the flats here during the summer but we would need maybe a little bit more or is it just too maybe small you know what? Throw back to 1997, baby, yeah. and you could do it. You could do it. That was, I mean, think about the flats back in those Indians' heyday years. Right. Come on. You couldn't, you couldn't move down there. The basement, I mean, 
we had some places. Fagans. Awesome. There were a lot of things to do. That. The, uh, yeah. That was so many good times. So many good times. Jeff will oh take us God. back I, to sports. I, I, I was on the I, or IL. I was on the disabled list. What was the music venue down there? Nautica. No. Are you talking about the stage? No. It, uh, no. It, it was, no, it's actually a building. The Odeon. Oh, the Odeon, Odeon? yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Albie uh, uh, Lopez and I were on the disabled list at the same time, and we got tickets and went down to the Odeon to watch Baruch Assault. Remember wow. old Baruch Assault? <laughs> yeah. Oh, dude, it was a blast. Absolute blast. Yeah. The players used to hang out all the time down there, though, didn't they? Oh, all the time. Yeah. I mean, that, that, was, the, that was the hangout. I mean, you, after a game, afternoon game, a night game, you know, if you were younger, you, had that, you went down there and hung out for a little bit and, and then went back home. But, yes, it was, it was always full of the young players on the team and certainly the visiting players that had come into town and were staying downtown. They, there probably were more of them than, than our guys. There but, are a lot yeah, of memories was, floating through some brains right now listening to us right now back on that run. Jeff. Dude, I, I'm, I am thinking of story after story that just just has to stay in the head right now. <laughs> can't, can't, cannot come out. But there, there were some all-timers down there in, in those years. What a, what, a, what, a, what a time. One baseball thought for you. What yeah. kind of a world are we living in where it's just flipped completely, where the Baltimore Orioles have become buyers and renting players for a year? as they get Corbin Burns, really top-notch starting pitcher from Milwaukee for a couple of young guys. Okay, so what big news came out maybe 24 hours before that? Ownership change. Hey, there, there you, you go. go. There you go. You've got a new group in there, and they realize, you know, you watched the Baltimore Orioles last year. It's funny, two seasons ago, because we see an awful lot of them, you could see them improving as the year went out. Like, hey, this, has, this team has a nice core Let's see what they put around it because they have a chance to be pretty good. And last year, you kind of figured, okay, this is the year they're going to try to make that jump. We'll see how big of a jump. Well, I'm sorry. Rays win 99 games and finish behind them. So they're into triple digits in the victory column, and it's not like they ran out of rotation. That was, you know, Palmer and, you know, and Cuellar, all these guys right down the list. I mean, it was – it was it was a nice rotation, but it was by no means a dominant rotation. And now all of a sudden, you get some of those younger guys getting older, another year of experience, and you bring in a guy like Corbin Burns. If he can stay healthy, my goodness, that's a huge, huge pickup. But it all has to do with that ownership change. And as soon as they got in there and they were okay, boom, then let's let's invest and let's go out and get somebody because the feeling in Baltimore is that they're close, that they're real close and a guy like Burns could maybe put them over the top in their minds. All right, super friend of the show, Brian Anderson. Thank you. We'll talk to you next week about the Super Bowl, my friend. Thanks, B.A. Thank you. Uh, Hey, very good. All right, boys. Have a great weekend. All right, we'll talk to you later. Brian Anderson, former Indians pitcher, uh, now the color analyst for the Tampa Bay Rays, and you know him and love him because he's from Geneva as well. Nice enough to join us on the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. Coming up a little bit later in the hour, we'll talk about the enhanced games. What's that all about? Could there be a rival to the Olympics? Plus, Demontre Moore uh, played with Niners, Seahawks, Cowboys, Giants. We're going to talk a little football with him at 1 o'clock. But, Jeff, we have had so much fun this week doing positional breakdowns. And we've been kind of. We, we have been dissecting the defense, and we continue on today with the defensive backs. Cleveland Browns positional breakdowts with Baskin and Phelps. 
All right, we're talking defensive backs today, Jeff. Let's uh, break it down, talk about a couple free agents in there as well. Ward, Delpit, Thornhill, Emerson, Newsom. Looking good for next year, I think. What do you got? We talked about the the defensive line on Wednesday and the linebackers yesterday. And, Andy, there seemed to be a lot of questions at those spots. You know, some key free agents on the D-line, a lot of guys who might not be back at linebacker. But the defensive backs look like they're pretty pretty rock solid. You know, and I think for the most part, this crew is coming back with all of the key guys intact. There are a couple of free agents, and they're not the guys who are going to even be showing up on the second string. Um, One. Ron Mike Harmon, Ford, maybe. Pelosi, maybe Michael Ford. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Except for, except for this. Um, you've got Denzel Ward, Greg Newsom, Martin Emerson, and Cam Mitchell at corner. Okay, so you've got four guys. And Mike Ford, we'll see what happens there. At safety, you have Thornhill and Delpit. You have DeAnthony Bell and Ronnie Hickman. And you've got four safeties who I think you're pretty high on. That seems like a pretty good crew. Here's one thing to keep in mind. All four of those corners that I mentioned, Ward, Newsom, Emerson, Mitchell, are under contract for at least two more seasons. All those safeties, except for Bell, are under contract for at least two more seasons. Bell's under contract for this coming year. Uh, they also have a guy on the reserve future. It's Vincent Gray, a DB. So I would think that just get ready and you're going to run it back. Denzel, Greg Newsom, Martin Emerson, Cam Mitchell, and Thornhill and Delpit and DeAnthony Bell and Ronnie Hickman. Does that leave any space for anybody else to come in, to be re-signed, to be drafted? I would say you're dang right it does. And the reason why is this. Andrew Berry has drafted a DB at least one in each of his four drafts. And he's used some decent picks on them. A first, a second, a third, and two-fifths. He's drafted five DBs, and three of them have been third round or higher. That's a big deal. Emerson was a third-round pick in 2022. Uh, Greg Newsom, of course, first-rounder in 2021, and Delpit was a second-rounder in 2020. So this crew, with a head coach who was a defensive back and a general manager who was a defensive back, like defensive backs. Now let me give you the one caveat on that. They're not alone. The Browns have drafted a defensive back in every draft they've had since returning to the NFL in 1999, except for two. They didn't draft one in 2008 when they had uh, limited picks and in 2002. So I think you're pretty set there, Andy. I think you're good to go. You'll still add another one because you can't have enough defensive backs in the pass-happy NFL today. Only thing I wonder is this. You tell me. And I don't think this is going to happen at all with, with this position group. You might have a situation where you're going to end up cutting somebody who you don't want to cut because of money reasons. Like the name Obo Ogoronko has been thrown out there a lot. A, a tough, you know, tough possible cut for this team. That, that I, would be I a silly be cut. Though. I think it would be too, Andy. I, I agree. Cut. But here's the deal. You're going to have to spend your money wisely, and you're going to end up cutting a couple of guys this year. You know another name I saw somebody throw out in a story? Who? Dustin Hopkins. Why? Because he's making a little bit of money as a kicker. And that would be, thought, it would be silly. I agree, except this. You're paying your quarterback so much Can't money. Can't we renegotiate some of these deals to you, give him bigger signing I, bonuses I to would, go? I mean, really, question. that's what this is all but about. You're not that's gonna the get whole them game. All. You're not going to get them all. Why you're not? Gonna have, 
Who wouldn't want the money up front? You're because there's just only so much to go around. I would imagine you're going to well, have. Well, and there are ramifications. Yeah, yeah. You got to pay. You know, he's going to strap you down the road. You're going to end up losing. But how much? You're going to end up losing at least one, maybe About, as many as three or four I, guys. Hang yeah. on a second. That you're not going to want to lose because of money on this team. You know, you're going to have to pay Amari. You're going to have to. You're going to have to pay Deshaun. Sure. You're going to pay Denzel. You're paying Miles. You can only pay so many guys the big money. You're going to end up losing a couple of guys that you don't want to lose because of money. I don't know. We sit here every year and we talk, oh, we got to worry about the salary cap. We got to worry about this. We got to worry about this with finances. And every year they end up turning around and going, hey, Deshaun, do you want to rework your contract? Sure, I'll take all that cash up front. Let's rework the contract so I end up looking like I've got some kind of league minimum for a veteran, a quarterback, and you pay me out everything else in cash. I just... I mean, we sit here and we talk about these contracts left and right. That's still going to happen, players. by the way. What's going to happen? What you just laid out. That they're going to do that. Yeah, but you're still going to lose one, two, three guys that you don't want to lose because of money. And it happens every but, year. But who? I mean, you're going to really let Dustin? Maybe you let Dustin Hopkins go. He's a kicker. I think that'd be a foolish thing to do, especially because we haven't really had a kicker in this town since Phil Dawson. Let's be super honest about I, that. I would think you don't lose anybody on the defensive side of the ball. With the one exception, maybe? You think they keep Juan Thornhill? I do. I thought that, too. He was the one name that – He's but the just one, Only because yeah. of injuries, though. That's the only reason why. And, well, and, and and keep this in mind. I'm telling about, you, though, Jeff, what he brings to the team as far as understanding how to be a champion is just I, I, that experience. And when you look at this team and you say to yourself, okay, what – as far as not only starters and depth, the, the defensive backs are the creme de la creme of the entire organization right now. I mean, seriously, if you look at the at the first team and the second team, only Mike Ford is a, a free agent. If you want to go deep into the three deep, then you go Rodney McLeod and, and Deron Harmon. But otherwise, you're looking at nine out of ten guys you know are on your roster. They're here. If you can figure out maybe a different way to renegotiate their contracts to free up some space here or free up some space there, you're good to go. But there is no other spot on the team other than the starting 11 on offense, which you can feel confident knowing they're coming back if you want to feel confident in Jed Wills. That's another thing. I, I just I feel more confident in our defensive secondary than any other part of this team. Well, and they're locked up. Yeah, you know, that, that, and that's, that's why, the because they're, they're locked up. They are locked up. The offensive line's locked up, too, but for the most part. But I think that DB is the one spot where they've clearly made a big investment Draft-wise and free agents with Thornhill and, and money-wise, they've spent money to keep guys, Delpit. I, I think the top eight guys there, with the one exception of Thornhill, and I, I expect Juan to be back, I think you're good to go at defensive back, and you move forward with that. Yeah. You'll add another one. You'll probably maybe even sign one in free agency. Why? Because you just can't have enough guys who can cover people in the NFL. True. You know, Denzel missed a couple of games. Uh, Greg Newsom missed a couple of games. I think Emerson just sat out the Cincinnati game, if I recall correctly. Um, but he was out there for 16 games. Y- you lose guys. And so you have to have, you know, if you have Denzel and Emerson and they go down, you got to have somebody who can step in and cover somebody. Yeah, and You could, suddenly can't have, you know, Jamar Chase running free down the field because you've got a cornerback who's a backup who can't play. So yeah, I think the we'll hard see. financial decisions on the free agents, uh, it's – Maybe Taki Taki for sure, Zadarius Smith, Shelby Harris, and Anthony Walker. 
I mean, the, the, you have of your uh, what twenty-two starters on offense and defense. You only have four free agents that you're there. But you're right. the The bigger question, and I'm not sure, was it Scott Petrak that brought this up the other day? Was or was it Mary Kay Cabot? One of the two. We were talking about just making sure you can take care of your own long term. You know, trying to make sure that if you're, you know, how much are you going to have to pay Amari Cooper here if you want to hang on to him? What's you know. You know, Cedric Tillman's still young. Uh, Elijah Moore, I could see them walking away. Could you see him walking away from Elijah Moore? Yes. Yeah, I could yeah. too. David Bell is in an interesting situation. The, you know? We're going to get into the offense all next week, so keep that in mind. Positional breakdowns continuing. Right. So I don't. I, I just I look at this and Jeff. Okay, so we talked about the defense all week. I mean, I think you would agree that if there's one place to feel confident, it's it's the defensive side, without question, because they're locked up. They're coming back, and I think they're pretty good. I think they're actually really good. And then let's see what they do on the defensive line. You have some holes to fill. And, again, I, I I am just fine with bringing back all of those free agents on the defensive line. Zadarius, Moe Hurst, Shelby Harris, Jordan Elliott. That won't happen. What will happen is, okay, can you upgrade from those guys? Because none of those guys are, except for Hurst. I think he was 20th on Sporting News list of available free agents. Those guys have a lot of other free agents who are ranked more highly at their positions. So maybe the Browns spend a little bit more and bring in somebody, Andy, who might be an upgrade at defensive tackle. And you put them next to Dalvin Tomlinson. Maybe you bring in somebody at defensive end who's an upgrade over Zedaria Smith. That'd be impressive if you could. But you add to the defensive line, you'll figure out linebacker and DBs are good to go. But after a week after a week of talking about this, Jeff, the only place where I kind of feel like we could see a complete overhaul is at the linebacker spot. With, With the exception of Jeremiah Wusu. Of JOK. Yeah. Yep, I agree. Yep, you could have everybody else new at linebacker except JOK. You won't. Somebody'll come back. I mean that always happens. But I think you'll see significant turnover at the linebacker spot. And maybe it's time. I don't wouldn't know. you wonder to what Jim Schwartz thinks about his defense right now? Like, I wonder, I wonder if he's like, okay, yeah, we can let this guy Jim go Schwartz. and keep this guy. Uh, I like the way that guy played. Man, that guy underachieved. Like, I wonder what rolls around in his mind when he goes back at the end of the season to evaluate, you know, where he's at um, with the players that he has in front of him. Like, I wonder how hard and difficult it is for a coach to say, Especially when you walk away from a player that you know has talent. Like, I don't think you want to, like, oh, well, we maybe we can upgrade and get younger. Because the general manager's job is to make sure that we're juggling all the salaries and, and looking at and projecting down the road about a guy who can be here for a while, pass his rookie contract, and what kind of contribution he'll get. And can we hang on to a guy that can contribute more than a younger guy because we know we can play, but I don't know if we're going to pay him and if we're going to pay him. Like, I got to think that's got to be really tough that it's not as easy as that's the best player and I'm keeping him and he's going to be a starter and he's going to be a backup. Like I, that I think it must be the most difficult part of being a general manager or a head coach. I mean, when you take someone away with talent, right? Cause if you think, if we think they're going to make changes, you're going to subtract some talent. And I, I it just, it's the Browns have never been one of those teams where you're like, Oh, well he's talented, but we're not going to hang on to him. Like we've, ne- we haven't been in that position since the team returned in 99. Offense and maybe things. that's a, is that a sign of success? Yeah, it's all it's it, it, it's a this weird team, spot for this us. Team to be has in. some talent now. They tinker and hopefully improve. Speaking of talent, 
enhanced talent. You know what I'm talking about? You will when we return. Baskin and Phelps. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Oh, we're going to want your opinion on this one. We are going to want your opinion. 216-474-0092. 216-474-0092. So Dan starts talking to us this morning about the Olympics and what if the Olympics were a little bit different because there's a group of folks out there that want to come up with something that would give you the best times, the best scores, and uh, the best enhancement to get you there. The best drugs. It's called the enhancement games. You tell me if you think this is right. It's, and I'm just looking right at their website. It's called Enhance.org. Backed by the world's top venture capitalists, the Enhance Games is the Olympics of the future when 44% of athletes already use performance enhancements. <coughs> Excuse me. It is time to safely celebrate science. Sports can be safer without drug testing. Dan, where are we going with this sports one? Sports safer without drug testing? Sports, this is their headline. Sports can be safer without drug testing. How can it be safer? I wonder. I don't know. Apparently, we're starting the East German Olympics. Everybody, come on down. Russians, and, come on down. Let's if, go. If you look through their thing, and their bigger thing is paying the athletes, too. So if you talk about, they, they have this whole. Paying them to use steroids? Well, they're going to pay athletes. Ultimately, I guess. You know, if you break a world record, you win a million bucks. It says enhanced athletes will be paid fairly. All athletes competing in the enhanced games will be paid. Eligible athletes will receive a base salary and compete for prize winnings, which will be larger than any other comparable event in history. The exact prize pool and compensation structure will be announced in the middle of this year. Dang, live tour strikes again. It's all their fault. Well, part of it is they're saying that Olympians are living in poverty despite training for years and dedicating their lives and bodies to the Olympic mission. Most Olympians are not given a salary. Instead, they are driven into debt. And then they've got the... I don't know what to say about that one. Well, they're talking about like the prize money. So if you win at Wimbledon, 
in tennis, if you win the gold, uh, which would be a runner-up or a semifinalist, excuse me, the, the winner gets $2.4 million. Uh, United States Olympians get 37000 UK Olympians get nothing. If you're the runner-up at Wimbledon, you win $1.3 million. Uh, U.S. Olympians a runner-up gets 22.5000 and UK nothing. Uh, Wimbledon, if you're a semifinalist, uh, 662000 A U.S. Olympian for a bronze wins 15000 and U.K. Olympians get nothing. I don't, Dan, okay, so the point here is what with that? That they, they think that if you win gold, silver, or bronze, you should make the same money as perhaps winning Wimbledon. Yeah. They just want Olympians to be paid, which I'm all for. Good. Somebody pay them. Right. Exactly. I, I'm all for this. I'm all for Olympians getting advertising. I'm all for Olympians making more money than what they do make right now because most of them have to work one to two to three jobs to supplement the coaching and training that it needs to make the Olympics, which is a goal of theirs and something that they want to achieve. But there's, you know, I'm not here to tell people how to spend their money. I, I That's not a good way to live life. This is just one of those things like, okay, let's – Let's get a whole bunch of people on PEDs. And don't worry, we'll have doctors there. But we also know that there is a lot of things that go horrifically wrong when it comes to PEDs. And if you're on PEDs, you can't compete in the Olympics. And Lord... If you get caught. If we want proof of this, like, it's one of the most depressing things you'll ever do. Turn on a Tuesday Night Titans from about 1985 and play... Are they still with us? Like, it's one of the most depressing things you will ever do in your life. And you will come to realize the amount of those guys who are there ran into heart issues. Now, some of that is due to living life on the road. Some of that is due to, well, we'll be honest, cocaine. Like, there's a lot of things that play into it, but the performance-enhancing drugs had a decent amount to do with it. Like, there are a lot of people who are not with us right now who were athletes before that because of performance-enhancing drugs, they're not here, and now we're going to pay these people to do performance-enhancing drugs and then compete. Well, somebody's going to pay them. I, I'm right. just telling you, part of this thing is it, when you read through uh, this Enhanced.org and their their plan and their thoughts, I mean, uh, outside of, you know, allowing the steroids, um, it makes a lot of sense. Some of the, Like, the Enhanced games will be delivered without the cost to a taxpayer – and will instead cost millions, not billions, to deliver. The enhanced games will be a triumphant of science, athletic achievement, and capitalism, bringing sports back to its roots and paying the, the wait, athletes. Wait, wait. How are you going to bring sports back to its roots if you're chemically enhanced? How many gold medalists were chemically enhanced before they started testing? Uh, Jim Thorpe wasn't. Those are the roots. And how many people watched Jim Thorpe? Uh, well, they didn't have television, television back yeah, then. So. The money wasn't exactly the same either. Russians, oh, but let's East not, Germans. Let's not talk about your roots. You know, your roots is... I mean, they're talking about... The, the Berlin Wall. I, I do think one of the things the Olympics is going to have to do eventually is just pick, like, I think every continent... Two or three venues. Every continent yeah. should have its own venue, and that's it. Bingo. I, you know, you want to represent the rings. Every continent should have its own. Or, you know, why do we have to be... And don't don't use Why it do as a we, political statement. Remember yeah, when we, when yes. Beijing had the games and they well, built that bird nest stadium that now is used for flea markets because they were hoping to promote their you know their image and everything else. Worldwide? Jeff, everything's been a political statement in these things since World War II. Let's bring Peter Uberoth into everything, right? He's I, I mean, the only guy who made money. 
What, why, why does every Olympic game have to be a political statement? Why? Because we separate ourselves by political boundaries of the countries that we live in. Is that why? Well, why does it always have to be that way? Every 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 time it's all about politics and stuff. Oftentimes it is. That's very true. Well, and it, it, should it be? I, I mean, I, I that's for the athletes. It's not shouldn't be right. And I, I don't know. You think back to seventy. I wouldn't think it's going to be for Paris this summer. They'll figure out a way. Something will be political. In well, Paris. when you, when someone you, will be boycotting. When you go to rep, when you go to the games and you're representing countries, there's no way that it's not going to be somewhat political. And, and I get that. It's not just like just, an open competition, you know. The athletes should be paid. I don't see any problem. Yeah, with but that. who's going to pay them, Andy? I mean, you were talking worldwide. How about the thing well? Here. So here, let me. Uh, this this is the one thing I thought really just stuck out to me on this enhancedpay.org site. Tell me if you like this. Tell me what you're thinking. The president of the IOC dines in billion dines with billionaires and dictators, jets around the world, and lives in a six star hotel while American Olympians are not even given a salary. The IOC gradu- uh, generates $7.6 billion in quadrennial revenue, four years, which is the same amount of the uh, GDP of like seven or eight countries combined that are in Africa. Uh, this is while Olympians, humanity's best athletes, eke out a meager existence and are forced to live in cars Take up side job. See, as I read this, all I can think about is the NCAA and college athletics. If they're bringing in seven point six billion every four years, surely some of that money can go back to the athletes, especially if they win. Well, what if they don't make the team? What What if you well, train then you don't have like, the opportunity? To, it's just like a job at that. Well, what point. if you train like crazy? That's That's what we're talking about here. It's the training that goes into it, where you have to train like crazy and you don't have a job. You don't have the income. I mean, are they going to support everybody around the world who's training to become an Olympian? I mean, that's, I don't think that's the point. I know, but, but it's but, not like but, the NCAA is going to have to pay for high people, school athletes to train. You're only rewarding the people who get there, which defeats the whole purpose. Because the point is to become an Olympian, you have to dedicate so much time, effort, resources to it that you don't have time to go out and make a living. And that's why you're living in a car. If you've made the team and you're pretty dang good, you're not living in a car anymore. It's the people who are training to try to get there. And and I just think it's an unrealistic model, Andy, to, to pay people I don't know. who are I, trying to become Olympians. Either that or each country keeps its own team and you you have you know, you have dorms and you stay in them all the time. And I know we have training centers and all that stuff, and you just pay them. You know, you, you, you get it as a job and you make the team. And every several years maybe you you know, you get relegated. I don't know. I'm looking at some of this stuff, and I'm just like I'm thinking back to when the Winter Olympics were in Vancouver, and uh, Brianne McLaughlin and, and Kelly Stack, who were playing on the Olympic team on the on the women's Olympic hockey team, are selling T-shirts so that they have enough money for this team to be able to go. Yeah. So then, what do you? I, I mean, well, like, what do you do if you don't? You know, well, you don't well, make the team. If they're making seven point six billion, that money should be cut back. That's worldwide, though. To the Okay. Seven point six billion dollars every four years. For everybody who's trying to train, it, that goes nowhere. Yeah, I, I, Jeff, I don't I, I, like. I think we're on two different pages in this conversation. Like, okay, first of all, I think we're on the same page about the steroids. Like, really, you, this is how you're trying to sell steroids. Are we on the same page on that? I want to make sure we're we're right. Like, we both kind of look at that. We're like, eh, I don't know okay. about that. I take a look around the world of sports. You don't think you don't think that. 
chemical enhancements going on in certain places, you're, you're nuts. But are, but are we also encouraging them to take the risk because you don't have the money and then you're going to pay the athletes and then all of a sudden you make the money? I mean, are we kind of saying, well, you know, if you get there, do it any means possible, right? I just, yeah, I think it's unrealistic to think that you should be paying everybody who's who's an Olympian. Look at all the athletes that walk in there. And then what about the people who didn't make it and got close and everything else? I, I don't know how you organize. That's a, that's a global thing. I don't know how you do it. Uh, Dan, your thoughts on this? I mean, I, I don't know. There's a lot thrown about here. I um, let's start with let's I'll start with the, let's start with the enhanced, the enhanced part of it. I, I think, think we're ridiculous. all on the same page. Yeah, I think that. I think it's ridiculous. I think openly telling yeah, people to that's use nuts. Perf- yeah. openly telling people to use performance enhancing drugs, especially and we're not going to drug that, test. Is what we're telling. Yeah, them. yeah, and, and especially with the fact that we don't know if these people could have heart attacks as they're running these events on screen. You know, I mean, it's it's all kind of on the table. I think that's ridiculous. On the Olympic side of it, look, we all know the IOC is corrupt. There's no denying that fact. We we know this. We've known it for a long time. Has every time somebody, time. Sure. every time somebody so tries to go after them, so why are we okay with the IOC us. being corrupt oh, but not, not trying to get the try to get the money back to the athletes who are who are training and doing all these things? Good luck. That's what it is. Good good luck. Good luck to you. Yeah, I mean they they tried the DOJ tried to bring down FIFA. It derailed them for a little bit, but they still have three billion dollars sitting in a Swiss bank account. The IOC is the same exact thing. You sure. could go to the DOJ or you could go to whomever you want across the world to try to bring down the IOC. Good luck. Always Swiss good luck bank to you. Accounts too. I am. It is yeah. always Swiss. It's because well, of the chocolate. Why aren't they Australian bank accounts. Um, oh, it has Swiss to do. Too. It has to do with the fact that you. I believe in Switzerland, and somebody would know this better than I, I do. Have it in, I have my money in Luxembourg. It's the same thing in the Cayman Islands. You need like a whole lot of paperwork to be able to get in there and see exactly how much money mm. is in there. I have my money in Dubuque. Then you you would be better off burying it in your backyard and writing an elaborate map with clues. And so isn't Switzerland kind of located in a very hard spot to attack if you were trying to bring ground forces in there? Isn't that what that was I always no about? Idea. More the amount that it goes into to check those accounts. Although with... Internet banking, what's the difference? Okay, 216-474-0092, that's the number to call in. Demontre Moore former or is a current CFL defensive end, but also played Niners, Seahawks, Cowboys, Giants, and so much more. We're going to talk football with him, especially with the Super Bowl coming up. That's next on Baskin and Phelps. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.